Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey there, listener. Welcome to the Deep Share Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Rouse, and for the last couple of decades, I've slowly been opening my eyes to a very different world than the one I grew up hearing about. And the more conversations I have with interesting people, the more mystifying this world becomes. So without further ado, let's get deep. Let's There is rebellion in the wind. It will be crushed. Everything I've said is true, it's real. Dinosaur bosses? I'll have to put those here to test our fate. That damn lie, I, I saw them on my own eye! Did I accuse just drop sharply while I was away? We did it illusions, man. None of it is true. I'm not insane! This is mass madness, you maniac! In God's name, you people are the real thing. We are the illusion. I'm here with Casey Watson. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. How are you? Good, good. Nice to have you here with me. Oh, so yeah. you and I'm I have been, to be here. You and I have been chatting for a while about all kinds of crazy stuff offline or online. And uh, yeah, I couldn't wait to get you on to talk about some of the, your videos and some of the stuff that you've been researching and everything. But before we get into that, please uh, give my audience a little bit of background. How did you get into the crazy world of conspiracies and all the stuff that you look into? Um, well, I think punk rock like opened the door for me or or being, you know, rebellious or whatever, opened the door to punk rock. You know, I still haven't figured out what came first, <laughs> but uh, like part of the attraction to like punk rock and hardcore to me was anti-establishment you know fuck them fuck the government let's do it ourselves type of shit you know we don't need all these corporations to do it we can put our records ourselves you know that whole trip and you know so you know i've been i've pretty much you know i've been anti-government from the beginning and just i've been into looking into you know the alternate history you know and like you know, probably set it off with JFK, you know, when I was in high school or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was a big X-Files fan, you know, like I Me watched too. it when it when it was out coming out, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that had bit a big uh, influence on me. And like in the punks and in the hardcore scene I was in, like, it, you know, we weren't like political per se. It was more like personal politics, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, take care of each other. Don't fuck people over, et cetera, et cetera. And I just kept learning about all these different conspiracies and, uh, you know, landed in Tartaria one day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> here I am, man. Stuck in the mud and can't get out. <laughs> seriously, dude. I seriously am. I mean, I, 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 I would have never like guessed that I'd be going on podcasts talking about this shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I've, it's, I've felt compelled to do it. It's a trip. <laughs> um, so yeah, life takes crazy turns sometimes, you know? 
Yeah, man. Uh, and I can definitely vouch for the, that message, that personal politic message that you were talking about in all the heavier, more countercultural music. I'm a death metal head. I love punk and, and hardcore for a long time. So yeah. I totally can relate to that. And I tell a similar story that that's kind of where my roots in, you know, distrust in establishment definitely come from. And especially the idea that, you know, it was either that kind of music or it was cookie cutter, you know, recycled garbage even back then. So it was a pretty obvious totally. choice, I'm sure for you, as it was for me, you know? Yeah. I mean, fucking, <laughs> like I said, I don't know what came first, the chicken or the egg, but <laughs> yeah, I've been, uh, I've been still like, I'm as hardcore as hardcore can get, you know, Hell yeah. <laughs> and I try and live outside of the system as much as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's the way that we're all kind of either heading because we want to, or because it's kind of becoming the only way to remain sovereign. It seems. Yeah. One question I've been asking people and I've been asking myself and I can't figure it out. I'm not smart enough, but you know, we're, everybody's digging through our legal system and, and like the origins of our country. And the more and more we uncover, the more it seems like, Oh shit, the entire legal system is almost set up to screw us on purpose. Like even from the very beginning with the, the government possibly being like a British like corporation or something so with those ideas in mind it's like how the hell are we going to be free how where, what kind what piece of land are we going to be able to reside on and and be free and live outside the system eventually you know yeah i mean fucking that's a great question i mean the system's been rigged from the start and it's been rigged for us to lose and them to win you know like the workers, you know, you, even if, you know, we take history as it is, you know, the workers are the gold mines, the workers are the railroads, like the people who have built this country in particular have been fucked. You know what I mean? And, mm. and that's just, that's just, uh, I'm like, can we cuss on this one? Can yeah, we that's fine, man. All right, yeah, sorry. Fine. I have a hard time not doing it. Dude, I do too. And I've like <laughs> curtailed myself quite a bit because of this show. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I just got to remember I'm, I'm being recorded here. That's all right. But uh, no yeah, you know, fucking, like I said, you know, it's it's been rigged from the start. And, you know, yeah. the more people that realize that, the better, you know. And I think a lot more people are coming to that realization. You know what I mean? Yeah, it feels and that that's way. a good thing. Yeah, Definitely. I hope so. I hope so. I know. Are we being biased? Are we just seeing it through our, you know, uh, conspiracy tinted glasses? I don't know. I, I, it does feel that way that the, I mean, people that I never would have expected to be like questioning anything, digging into things like Tartaria and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah it's probably a good time. sign. So I with that so. being, with that being said, let's dive into all the, all the stuff that you and I have been discussing. Uh, where would you like to start? Honestly, I'll leave that up to you. I mean, uh, man, there are so many places to start. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I, I do really want to get into the um, the city beautiful movement. Let's because I start with that. Why don't I we think start that's with that? that's pretty important. And um, I can get a little screen share. Yeah, by all means, I think it's automatic. Let's whenever see. you do it, there we go. Um, all right, let's get out of that fucking screen, or we could just go here. So. Um, 
the city beautiful movement like started in the late 1800s and mid to late 1800s into the 1900s and it was like a urban planning architecture movement you know and it it, it sounds um you know pretty uh what's the word um non uh, uh threatening i guess when you just on the top of it you know mm-hmm. um but um so another interesting thing this woman um jane jacobs she referred to the movement as an architectural design cult hmm. you know that, that's just a trip but um basically these guys they studied in the beau art school in france um and the beau art school um it, it was called the Ecole des beaux arts and it was in paris uh 1830s into the 19th century i think it's funny that it's called beaux arts because it fucking rhymes with faux arts so well <laughs> uh, you know their style was like the gothic neoclassical you know 19th century shit mm-hmm. and a lot of our american architects came from there and this guy daniel burnham we'll get to in a little bit um so they got involved in the expos and like oh. the first the first large-scale expo they were involved in and i i haven't looked too deep into previous but i feel like they were involved like involved in small scales in like the new orleans and louisville um fairs in the 1880s but they they got in in uh 1893 chicago and and that's like the one you know that everyone talks about yeah the you know and that was daniel burnham's uh fair and they went on to do the 1904 Louisiana Purchase one in St. Louis, which is another, considered like another biggie. Mm-hmm. Um, they were involved in the McMillan plan of uh, D.C. And then um, just as far as city planning, and that's what I call it. Like, th- So just a, I think this is a cover story for a lot of the architecture and shit. Yeah. And, and this is how they did it. And they did it through the expos and they did it through city planning and like claiming buildings and further down the line, as I show the they, they historical historicalize these buildings too. And that, when they do that, makes it really hard to question the history because there's a fucking historical plaque on it, you know? Right. They put so, a whole story to it. Totally. You and know what I mean? And that, those stories from when we're five, six years old. Exactly. And so it's really hard to, they did a really fucking good job. You know what I mean? So like we can just go through, you know, Chicago, Coral Gables, Denver, Louisville, Harrisburg, Memphis, Palo Verde, Palos Verdes. They're all city, beautiful uh, cities. And um, it was huge in Australia. Um, Oh, so this, okay. This yeah. is beyond just the states, okay? Yeah, well, it 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 it's. I haven't looked into it outside of the states because, okay. like, this is enough, you know, right, for me. Right. But it came out of France, and there's a bunch of connections. Um, and to like the, that 1887 Paris Expo, the Eiffel Tower one, whatever year oh, that was. Um, yeah. Like, like that's where Daniel Burnham and Michael DeYoung, who's a famous San Francisco guy. 
that's where they all like learn their trade, you know, and they brought it, you know, they, they fine tuned it up until Chicago and did all those, um, did, you know, they did all those fairs and other things. And I have, um, I, let me get out of the screen share and then I could just show you guys I, my collection of books that are about city beautiful uh, books and postcards actually wow. and this is just a, this is a trip so here's just two um, postcards from Santa Cruz but wow. they both say uh, from Santa Cruz the city beautiful the city beautiful um, we got Coral Gables the city beautiful postcard put that book aside City Beautiful in a Small Town, the Early History of the Village Improvement Society in Oberlin, wherever the fuck that is. I've heard of it. <laughs> yeah, it does sound familiar. Florida Sand to the City Beautiful. This is Orlando. Here's another Orlando. Los Angeles, the City Beautiful. Wow. Milwaukee, the City Beautiful. Um, there's a bunch, I got a bunch of different Chicago stuff. Chicago, wow. the city beautiful. I got this book, the city beautiful. I even got a fucking, I'll show those in a second. Another Milwaukee Bathurst. Wow. It's starting um, to feel like it's basically every city. Yeah. Joaquin Miller wrote the building of the city beautiful. Hmm. Yeah. Nouveau, the city beautiful. Hmm. Got Denver, the city beautiful. Wow. Yeah, the, hit, the hits keep coming. Yeah, if I picked up a book <laughs> like that and saw a few of them at a bookstore, I'd just think it was some like series of books. I wouldn't even think twice. Yeah. Oh, look at that. And look at that font. Yeah, dude. Doesn't that look just a little too Disney? <laughs> yeah, and it's full. I think it is the Disney font. Jeez. Um, I got... Detroit, another Detroit. Um, so like clear, clearly it meant something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and it seemed like one of the, I think it was the Florida postcard that was in color. So it looked like it was a little bit more oh, modern. Yeah. That got me thinking that, okay, so there's still, oh, no shit. Wow. Chicago city, beautiful cup, <laughs> glass. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like. like I want to like take a picture of every one of those covers and everything and like send it to someone that can like just see the symbolism like coming totally. right out of off the page. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. I can pick up on a few things right off the bat. I'm like, Hmm. I wonder what else exactly. they were putting into those images with the city. Beautiful. That's right. So interesting. I've never heard of this yeah. movement. Yeah. Neither had I until I came across it. Like it was, I would think I was looking into Daniel Burnham. Yeah, so let's um, get into him because I've heard his yeah. name before, but uh, yeah, this is a well, deep can, well. <laughs> let me uh, before we get into him, let mm -hmm. me. So, City Beautiful is like how they did it on on the national level, at least in, in America. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure they had different names oh. other places, right? Uh, and this, in California, we have the there is the Native Sons of the Golden West and um fraternal organization founded in 1877 um founded by an odd fellow um 
basically their whole mission is historical preservation. And these are all the places that I guess they've bought and uh, rehabilitated mm-hmm. like Sutter's for, uh, you know, uh, the Maritime Historical Museum. But then the other thing, the main thing that they do is they do historical markers and they've done over 1200 historical markers throughout California. And so that's how they historicalized it. They stamped, they literally stamped them uh, with historical markers. And like, it's really hard to question that. You know what I mean? Right. You look at notable, uh, just a real quick, Nixon Nixon was a member of of the uh, Native Sons at one point. So, you know. Yeah, all, all these guys. I haven't looked into all of them, but I'm sure you know they're affiliated well, I'm, with. Uh, I'm already. I already saw one other name that was uh, sounded a little nefarious. What was it? Lloyd G. Davies. That sounds really familiar, mm-hmm. but who knows? So many friggin' names have entered my brain. Oh, uh, he was the span of I, a year. He was in the L.A. Department Water of Water and Power. So. I mean, it's automatically just, I mean, I could be grasping at straws here, but it is a little curious to see like just the name of that native sons of the golden West. It just sure sounds like something in the golden Dawn would do, you totally. know, uh, yeah, totally. And, and who knows how many, with the words. Yeah. I mean, who knows how many of these guys were in the golden Dawn or the OTO or right. Right. You know, Moose Lodge members, you know, the free brick members it's a trip man it ties it all in i'm sure every state has these same kind of groups of the native Mm. sons who put on his put historical markers on the shit right you know what i mean and just own it just they just go around and literally i mean i I know a lot of it they literally do own perhaps to some of my uh my audience like just coming right out and saying that these people were running around putting nonsense you know whatever they wanted to sway us on these plaques probably sounds a little crazy but i think as we further this experiment you know this idea of redacted history and like fake history is becoming more and more apparent for sure and it's not an easy thing to jump into and um i've been trying my best to like you know learn how to ease people into the conversation you know especially as i as i do these podcasts because i just don't want to come out like too bad out of hell you know right off the the gate anyways you know um but like i i like you know look at these things yourselves and you know just see what you think you know Mm -hmm. what i mean um i think it's all tied together big time and this proves that there was a, at least an American national cover up. You know what I mean? Yeah, which has always to been me. like it screwed me up. And my my wife and I both were so confused about Tartaria because the maps point to it being something in Russia, basically, as if okay, so maybe maybe the czars and that whole gang just completely eradicated them for whatever reason. But then it just seems to get so much deeper and I'm probably jumping ahead. We can pull back, but no, I mean, just to throw this out there, just the idea that Tartaria 
is not just the the idea of some nation over in Eastern Europe, but that along the same mythical stories of Atlantis, where it was like this, you know, globally reaching nation or something like that. What, what have you gained? What have you gathered from the mixture of different theories surrounding that? Yeah, I mean, there is, I mean, I believe all these buildings were, were built by the same people, you know, all, all this, these ones in question, you know, um, I think the architecture the, the, is unmistakable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, and you can look like, you know, um, like you can play a game and just, you know, fucking guess what city, you know, like it's pick 1890 and just click any city, you know, and try <laughs> try and have someone guess like they right. won't you know they <laughs> yeah, won't find the cathodes find yeah them. <laughs> you, you know they won't and like yeah it's just it there's something to it and you know th i think everything i think you know based on like how they like to invert everything like you just said and I, you know mm -hmm. i think history is completely inverted i guess um you know, I think, you know, history, everything that they say came out of like, you know, Rome, Jerusalem, Egypt, all that bullshit came out of like Tartaria, Tartary mm -hmm. and uh, North and South America. Oh, and yeah, I think, definitely. I think um, like, you know, what, what we know is Russia now and North America was probably a lot more connected before like the the big flood flood mm -hmm. like you know they talk about a land bridge but i think it was like they were just one continent probably oh, you know cool. what i mean at one point yeah and definitely. uh it was probably all like tartaria you know what i mean um, okay i see i see um well so that's weird too because isn't there some speculation that the so we're talking the difference between, I mean, if, if, if all of this used to be Tartaria, we're talking, you know, upwards of, you know, 10,000, 20,000 years in the past, possibly. Whereas the Tartaria stories that are at least uh, becoming more popular or more accessible are more about this like pre-Russian geographical area or whatever. Mm. So maybe I'm asking the wrong question. I'm not sure. But like, do you see what I'm saying here? How there's like, there's the Russia idea, but then there's the, yeah. oh, no, no, no. Tartaria was everything before any of us were here. Like Sumer was borrowing notes from, from Tartaria. Like that, it's two very different ideas. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I know I've heard a couple people like me confused about that. I wasn't sure if you had a better way to kind of, uh, well the map frame it for the audience yeah i mean the maps there's maps that show like tartary and tartaria in the country in russia you know what i mean right and so that like that's straight off right there you know that's that's the connection right and i was actually i might i might have these maps like it you know the great so like these maps um let's see i don't know if i saved them but they show you know that they show china on the opposite side of the great wall really 
And yeah, not you know that makes sense why they would have built it, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me see if oh, I can definitely. I've heard I can that find too. it. Let me see. Okay, here we go. Uh, this one. There we go. This is yeah, one of the see? ones I'm familiar with. Yep. So here's, here's a wall. great wall, China, mm -hmm. and then all this Tartaria and all this. Sometimes. I mean, there's a little Mongol, like there's common, other common cities and countries, you know? Oh, yeah. I've definitely seen like Tar and Tartar in many different places in these old maps. Totally. Here's so, another one with China on this side of the Great Wall. Yep. And then this is... And Tartaricus, wow. Oceanus Tartaricus. Wow. Yeah. So the Pacific Ocean, a lot of times, is called like the Tartarian Sea mm. or like Oceanus. You know, there's different, uh, there's like. For people listening, um, just go to YouTube. <laughs> some of these, yeah. some of these images are pretty impressive. And yeah, these are so cool. old. So I guess yeah, there's an English one I have too. I should show. I think I'm starting to get a better grasp here. It's almost like over time, this very, 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 very ancient, all-encompassing civilization just has little bits, remnants of it left over over time. And maybe the area of Russia was like its last remaining empire or something. Yes, pretty okay. much. Pretty so much. then that's where we get into the possibility of like uh, the new chronology from Anatoly Fomenko, where like exactly. there's been tons of added years in our history yeah. that like, like Sumer figured... Egypt was not that long ago. And that oh, would imply that... that fucking all of carbon dating and science is, is at least being manipulated, if not flat out just a lie. Whew. Yeah, man, that, his, his whole stuff is really, really fascinating on so many levels, you know, like Fomenko's. just the fact that, yeah, Fermentos, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, oh man, it's, there's so much to learn from it. Um, it's just a trip that, you know, they, I, I, I could be saying this wrong, but I feel like they, you know, he was hired to like figure out the actual chronolo chronological history and he mm -hmm. ended up covering up the real, he ended up finding out the real timeline and that it, you know, the thousand years thing, you know, so mm -hmm. um, it's just really fascinating, you know, and um, I know, I know you probably felt this too, but growing up, like we were only taught that Russians were like evil commies, you know what I mean? <laughs> we never learned shit about anything from Russia. So it's so fascinating to me now, like learning all this info from all these scientists and, you know, or all these philosophers that any, all, you know, and even, you know, like Phil Druzen and uh, uh, Mud Flood University out of Russia, like there is a lot of knowledge out of there, you know, and it's been hidden from us in America forever. And so yeah. it's super fascinating for me just to learn about that period, you know. Yeah, man. Uh, the mud flood aspect is fascinating. I just barely yeah, raising the surface. I'm sure totally. you've actually learned a lot more than I have about this. Um, I believe it was you recently shown pictures 
of uh, what happened during uh, what was it um, Mount St. Helens eruption? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Talk totally. about that a little bit because that's impressive. That's the totally. connection to the the theory about the mud floods is pretty. Yeah, uh, I mean, I I should actually just show that. Yeah, too. by all means. Um. Yeah, I mean, so um, when Mount St. Helens went off, um, it created a massive mud flood. And um, let's see, I have all those pictures, right? Yeah, perfect. And there's some funny ass statues I seen, man. Oh my God, that's, I thought that was a drawing. No, it's a, a sculpture. This is from the 1904 World's Fair. Wow. And clearly new world. <laughs> Very. Yeah, but it's funny because this dude actually looks exactly like a friend of mine. <laughs> and fucking, I think he might have Bruce Willis 12 monkey us, dude. Oh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. That's so anyways. <laughs> yeah, totally. So this is um, what happened after Mount St. Helens went off is it just totally mud flooded. I think this is the 23 miles from Mount St. Helens. Wow. It was, it was burying houses. And this is basically mud, the mud flood theory. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. this was, so Mount St. Helens, there was an earthquake. It was like a 5.1 earthquake. Um, and, and that uh, went through the mountain and like split it on the side. And steam started blasting out. And so, like, they started evacuating people. It was basically one, they had one day and it went off a day later. And um, this was part of the destruction. And, you know, what happened, you know, liquef liquefaction turns fucking dirt into mud. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's, it floods, literally. Yeah. So, for the listeners, yeah, it's, we're showing many, many houses and buildings that are just forever changed. You know, uh, first floors are have turned yeah. into basements, basically. You can see here how the, uh, oh, wow. you know, how it creeped in. Jeez. These guys got lucky, but these guys didn't do so well. And this mud moves so fast and so furiously, it just changes the entire landscape and just totally. covers everything. And then once it... Once it's stuck, what's the word? I think it like once it putrefies or once it petrifies or whatever it does, it's it just solidifies. solidifies. Yeah, bam. Yeah. And it just and then nothing can be moved. It's just solid ground again. People have reported yeah. like the ground bubbling underneath their feet and stuff like that. It's yeah, crazy. Totally. Yeah, man. So Mount St. Helens videos of it. So like just to like explain, like yes. So this is if this was like a uh you know, mud flooded building this explains why there's windows halfway right on the sidewalks you know what i mean like yeah and they either dug them out a little bit or they just fucking built a door where a window was you know what i mean right the yeah. examples from the big cities from from back then in that time period it's it's so uncanny it makes so much sense that okay clearly these buildings had a catastrophe and you know it, it's yeah it's pretty wild so this is a, a little chart of the blast just to explain it more so this brown is the mud flow deposits and as you can you see this is five five miles so like five ten fifty 
20, 25, you know what I mean? All here. Yeah, mud flow. It's called a, a lehar. A lehar is a volcanic mud flow. Wow. And so that's what they got. It's crazy. And so in the grand yeah, scheme so of things, Mount St. Helens is not that big. I mean, it destroyed the area. No. It was a phenomenon and, and, you know, everyone was affected. Everybody heard about it. Yeah, look at these pictures. It's crazy. So this little yeah. mountain that was a an active volcano, you know, mm -hmm. but imagine an impact so massive or yeah. I mean, what is the theory about do, have we explain well, for the I, audience a little bit about like where we can go with mud flood theory? Like, is there any theories about how this mud flood started? Like, was it, does it match yes. up with like the geologists that talk about the impacts and stuff like that? Or yeah, go well, ahead. What, what is it? There's, I think a lot of us agree that there was a more recent mud flood uh, catastrophe. And uh, it's, you know, any, I think, I personally think it was probably somewhat sometime in the 1700s or, you know, early 1800s, something mm -hmm. like that. Um, and I, I personally think a majority of it was, just based off our current system and our current controllers who are warmongers and have always been warmongers, uh, I think there is some kind of war. And I think um, like they had weaponry, they had, you know, basically direct energy weapons, you know, that they just fucking scorch earth policy whole fucking civilization and then they went country to country wiping out the survivors and just setting up their indoctrination programs you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah. that's that's what i think i think but also tied in a lot i think um there's a huge aspect of mining involved in this whole story and oh. even just like the modern mining uh, from the gold rush and shit completely changed the landscapes of California with hydraulic mining. Okay. Let's um, go into that. Yeah. Yeah. We, we can get, I have uh, some photos I can, I can definitely show that. Um, I think sure. even if you, even if you think about um, uh, like the Sumerian myth or whatever, like what were they doing here? You know what I mean? Right. Well, they were fucking, they were fucking mining yeah and imagine like the size of um the mining operation <laughs> you know what i mean yeah and you have back, to look at then. patterns you have to look at patterns with these you know quote unquote the bad guys you know they because they do the same things all the time you know? totally and yeah so i mean you look at south africa and or not just South Africa, but all over Africa, where the mines are and, and all that horribleness that goes on. Like, clearly, clearly, I mean, there's talk of, uh, there's like another pronunciation for Anunnaki in those areas of Africa where all the mining gets done. Right. So, I mean, it's the same. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off 
my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Same story. It's the same people at some point. People, nonetheless, oh. still claiming to be gods. Like, it's just... Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so with, with hydraulic mining, I think it it can really paint the picture of how the land can be devastated from it. And so hydraulic mining is basically high pressured hose fucking mining. They fucking, usually they'd either blast the countryside and then spray it down into sluices and then into a tail, uh, spoil tip tailing, you know, tailing mountains or a lot of times just back into the streams that they or rivers that they were diverting. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, you can just see the massiveness of it. And these are all, these are all from California. Wow. And sorry, it's so pixelated, but so here's a, okay. uh, a old drawing of the uh, fucking cannon. Wow. Had these, had these huge rock, there's rocks back here as a counterweight. That's how fucking powerful this thing was. However many rocks that weighs. That's insane. Yeah. And, and it, it looks like so could... steampunk, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, totally. It is. It is. That's I what mean... I was getting at because yeah. I mean, I've heard that steampunk yeah. idea uh, built into a lot of the Tartaria stuff too. Just yeah, like I mean, the, the whole... idea of steam powered everything. Well, it was definitely like, yeah, for freer energy for sure. Mm-hmm. I think steam definitely uh, ties into that. So you can see the valley too. Like this has been mined, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah. like, is Grand, you know, Grand Canyon, like, look at the, I mean, this has all been mined. Like this used to be the land up here. Right. That's so unbelievable. You can, you can start going down the rabbit hole that was the Grand Canyon mined out. Yeah. <laughs> are we, are we just, if they told can do some... jobs this size. Yeah. I mean, holy crap. Yeah, man. And this is all like, this was what they did at the time. They shaped the landscape. They, they, they like terraformed the, the whole country. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. it's just more and more evidence pointing and suggesting that America was this like big theatrical setup. Totally. I'm, I'm on the same boat too. And I can't quite put my finger on it, but there's something about America and the, you know North America and South America. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, and I'll throw like I'll serpent. throw Russia into and you know that whole zone. There's something to it that you know has been hidden for sure. Yeah, for sure. Have you heard but, about Amaruka? I've asked one other person. Uh, and they did get back to me, but. It's not as I hoped. familiar, but you'd have to refresh me. Supposedly it's um, the, I think, I think this is like, I'm going to butcher this, but it's something to do with the name of like this continent. 
America. Uh, like it's supposedly that it was oh, named. Okay. Supposedly it was named after Amerigo Vespucci. The I think he was a mm-hmm. cartographer or a traveler or something. But as it turns out, like he didn't even give himself that name until he got back to Europe after coming here and hearing the name Amerike or uh, Amaruka. And I guess that was more in the South. Um, but I guess it loosely translated to like land of the plumed serpent, which relates right back to Quetzalcoatl and the South American and Central American, and, uh, that whole region and all those yeah. gods that replicate one another in the stories, you know? So totally. it's interesting how it t- might that tie is in. Interesting. <laughs> and that's a total side. Excuse doesn't, me. doesn't necessarily have anything to do with Tartaria, but I feel like it's, along some line they do connect obviously it's all tied together in one way or the other history has been hidden for sure i mean like the carnegie foundation like uh restored and the carnegie foundation owned chichen itza you know like the turn of the century you know what i mean yeah that doesn't sound it's on wikipedia yeah that says they i didn't realize that (laughs) they they dug it out and restored it and you know what did they did they restore it to how they wanted it to look or did did they restore it to how it looked you know what i mean yeah how many symbols did they manipulate and another piece totally yep and carnegie carnegie is uh the library carnegie libraries is a huge thing you know there's like fucking thousands of them across the world you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah that's you know if you can if you control the the media, you know, you know, you can control a lot of shit and that includes books. <laughs> yeah. Some people forget that. It's like, they, we all focus on Hollywood a lot, but mm. I mean, it, <laughs> Hollywood does not have a single original idea. It all comes from books. Oh yeah. You know, so, totally. Oh, and that's how yep. it really gets you because then <laughs> the reading forces you to imagine. So it uses your imagination. So the yep. predictive programming is way stronger. Yeah. I, I, uh, I remember there was a, uh, when uh, Crow was getting into all his moon episodes, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that really struck stuck with me was, um, uh, and I already believe we didn't go to the moon, you know, but he, he said, you know, what's the first thing you think of when you think of space, you know, and it's like Star Wars, you know, <laughs> or a lot mm-hmm. of, I'm sure a lot of people say Star Trek, you know, and like, sure. boom, obvious, obvious right there, fucking program, you know what I mean? Like, yep, we don't even think of real space when we think of space. So just our, just our imagination. Yeah, that's a sign. Yeah. That's a sign to me that like, you know, they're hiding something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so yeah, we've kind of gone off on a side track, yeah. but th- that's okay. I kind of figured we yeah, would totally. anyway, that's kind of part of the spirit of the show anyway, but no, um, I like, I like keeping it organic and just seeing where things go. Yeah. I do want to, uh, before we get too far out there, I have some really interesting Daniel Burnham shit. Yeah, let's get into this guy. And this is just, this is a trip. So let me uh, find that. I have his wiki up here, which, you know, it's whatever, but there's enough, you know, there's enough to get you thinking, you know what I mean? Um, So he, um, 
he was a bow arts dude and fucking whatever he did the uh he was known as the the dude who did the chicago expo in 1893 and he did a whole bunch of other shit um did a bunch of shit in the philippines and like i said he's a huge um okay here we go here's some here's a good stuff so it talks about here how he was a one of the country's most prominent advocates for the bow arts movement, which was, and you know, the revival of neoclassical architecture. And I think the reason that this movement was around, you know, if I didn't say it well enough the first time was that that's what style these buildings were. And so they created the faux arts movement to basically claim the architecture, you know what I mean? And now hundred years, 150 years later, how are we to know, you know? We don't know what they told the people at the time. This is Wikipedia right now, you know? They could have told the people at the time that they found it, you know what I mean? And, you know, switched it up, whatever, you know? I'm just really blabbering. But it's a notable commission, you know, just Chicago, Cincinnati, Detroit. I'll go a little slower, sorry. So the, all these ones in Chicago, turn of the cinch, Cincinnati, Detroit, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, we got SF. I actually just posted uh, about the Merchants Exchange Building and it's, uh, it's still around. That's a pretty tight building. <laughs> oh, great, cool pictures. There's weird history. There's like three of them. But um, DC and then all these other small town, small towns. We got Iowa, Wisconsin. We got Buffalo, Columbus, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You, you guys know all see it. Like, it's this nuts. guy is responsible. He is very prolific, very, very prolific. And he's known for all these planning. So, like, they were technically planning these cities or whatever. And so I found um, he did plans for San Francisco in 1905. And these are the plans. And they're crazy. (laughs) And so 1905, just keep that date in mind in the back of your pocket for a second as we go through these drawings. Mm -hmm. I mean, clearly none of them got approved, you know, but it's not to say... I'm, it's not to say it wasn't the only proposal. I'll get to like the, the like real trippy meaning of this later, but like just the drawings, you know what, you know, this is his proposed plan for SF in 1905. So the city has been around for 55 years, according to all the pictures and everything, it's completely built out. Yeah. And, but he comes in with these plans of these epic fucking. Very Roman. You know, yes. Oh so this my is God, really? This, yeah. So this would be this would be Twin Peaks. I don't know if, if people are familiar with SF, where that big ass radio tower is on the hill in San Francisco. Yeah, in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. This is Twin Peaks, and this is the Pacific Ocean right here. So this is what pretty sick. <laughs> that looks pretty zodiacal to me. Yeah, <laughs> with that dead line just pointing right west. Mm-hmm. And there's so this obelisk. is like Ocean Beach. Yeah, another uh, obelisk down here. I don't know if this is like a lagoon or something. God, can you imagine picturing an American city right now that's just 
completely Krakow Roman. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah, DC. But of course, yep. that's its own sovereign nation. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Crazy. What was that one? Was that um was that Washington? No. No, this that... is all San Francisco. This is these are all San Francisco. Oh my god, because that looks like it looks like all... um the Washington Miami Monument for San Francisco. So yeah, that, again, this is Twin Peaks, but looking east the other way. So this is the all of this here is like the city. Wow. And um, that's probably Treasure Island right there. And this is Oakland, East Bay and shit. Wow. So he had plans for all of this. Yet, yet in contemporary accepted history, this was already built out at that time. Yeah. So like, why? first of all, why? So why did he why were they trying to propose these plans right. to the city? And so it's 1905. That's when so these what, were written? Yeah, these were, in ni- these, were, these were done in 1905. Okay. Look at this crazy fucking thing. Jeez. So, so what happened in 1906? The city was fucking leveled. So... Was it? Yeah, and the quake... Wow. Quake and fire of 1906. Oh, San Francisco yeah. was fucking leveled. That's right. So, <laughs> was, did he know that was going to happen? That's why he's proposing these plans in 1905. You know what I mean? I mean, this would have completely <laughs> transformed the entire. It would have literally been. Well, no wonder it didn't get approved because someone must have been like, dude, that's way too obvious. We can't do that. Not yet. Not until the 21st century, mm. at least. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know who whose plan got approved after the after the quake, but like, yeah. what trips me out is that he, this proposed plan was a year before the quake, and like, right. there was a, there was a literal blank canvas for them after 1906 you know what i mean so like this could have been done because everything was destroyed right like for some reason this didn't happen Mm. you know but like that doesn't mean that like but you know doesn't mean there wasn't doesn't mean i haven't found the plan that did get approved you know what i mean or whatever right yeah i hear you and it just makes me think like because i've thought that was a a a planned false flag event anyways Mm. and i just found these drawings and um it's from a year before so it just made me start thinking like they were planning for it to happen you know so who was this (laughs) guy i mean is there any clear indication that he was like highly uh influenced by this art style or is that yeah someone must have questioned this at some point I, it was a, so I mean the city beautiful movement it was a they did question it you know the movement only went into like the early 1900s and they kind of I think a new power kind of came along and it, and it was actually uh, they called it the uh, it, it was like when they started doing the more um, block style construction the more economic like fit people in construction Mm-hmm. there there was actually a name for that they called it the city something movement um i can't fucking remember what but i think you know they they i mean i think these guys died and new people came into power and kind of 
you know, mm. that's, you know, these guys, part of the whole hustle is like, they're getting paid to build a new building. You know what I mean? Mm. So like, A, why wouldn't they just destroy what was there and to build something new? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And B, they can make a shit ton of money if the building's already there and they just have to restore it and they're getting fucking millions, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, there's talk of the palace, you know, the Palace of Fine Arts was torn down in the 60s, they say, in San Francisco. But the company that was hired to rebuild it was paid like $25 million. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. of course, they're going to fucking do whatever. Right. Know? Exactly. Yeah. And no they one... said that, you know, they built it exactly back, exactly the same. And there's mm-hmm. video footage of like the domes falling down and shit. But, you know, that's just all to perpetuate the lie, in my opinion. You know, part of the yeah. thing, like these guys are doing this for money and power, you know, at the time, land and like they were the, the expos and the indoctrinations, like they were changing the world. And, and, and along with all the other people involved in the expos all over the world, like these guys were just the guys in America, you know? Yeah, yeah. And like there's they were parts all know, over the place. Totally. Like, you know, I just haven't got, got into that because there's still so much here. There's always like so he's known, much. you know, that. Chicago's known as the white city, you know, and that's mm-hmm. his thing. A lot of these expos, you know, were called white cities or uh, fucking ivory cities and shit. You know, there is a massive racist push mm, sounds you know, like it. from these yeah. guys. And a big part of the fair was indoctrination of the, like the natives, you know, like, you know, the, the superiority of whites over everyone and making making all the other races look like savages and slaves and everything you know what i mean yeah all the ex all the expos had expositions of like eskimo tribe or the plantation go go visit the plantation and you know see what it was like and there'd be there'd be you know a lot of times there'd be black people you know, working there as slaves or whatever. And I think a lot of times there'd be people just in blackface painted, you know what I mean? Oh, or most like, likely back then, yeah. Yeah, I know for sure there was accounts in San Francisco at the Japanese garden that um, I think it was a 1915 fair. <laughs> hey. Um, <laughs> that like the rickshaw drivers and shit were just like white guys and you know, Japanese face paint or whatever, you know, slanty eye, you know, with probably slanty eye and buck tooth mm, paint face goes, paint on, you know what I mean? This goes right back to that theatrical feeling, you mm-hmm. know, where it's, it's totally uh, well, how much of well, once, our experience is just made up. <laughs> totally. Well, once radio and television came along, they didn't really need the expos anymore. Right. Because they had radio and television, you know, and like they, the expos actually died died off like in the kind of after the like 1915s there was a few after they kind of died off until like the late 30s and 39 was like New York and San Francisco had one at the same time and they're both kind of like futuristic that makes sense Um, and the New York one had uh, they had the first um, ever science fiction convention at it Hmm. And there was like a huge exposition, expo, ex, 
exhibits. There is a huge exhibit called Futurama. Oh, wow. Yeah, I could yeah. actually probably look it up. But I mean, it's just all it's all programming. And, yeah. you know, the powers, the powers kind of change or the tastes kind of change. Um, the goal is the same. But yeah, you know, it's all fucking money and power, you know. And it's yeah. heading towards this uh, very machine incorporated AI, whatever you want to call it, future. It's freaking Matrix Terminator and Blade Runner all mixed yeah. together in one. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's not surprising at all you know what i mean i even at the time like as i was getting older you know and you see those movies and it's like man this could really happen you know and yeah. then now it's like man this is fucking <laughs> happening dude yeah past tense is no longer working yeah like, or, it's like happened, or future dude. tense yeah like like uh, the, you know it's happening i also feel like i was just talking to somebody about it earlier how so I guess, you know, we can see all this as predictive programming, but at the same time, like, I feel like some of us, as long as you know, it's predictive programming, maybe it's a little different, you know, where yeah, it's I mean, like, I hope I don't have totally. to give up all my favorite movies because <laughs> they're all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I've, um, I mean, I used to love all, I mean, I, yeah, I've, I've, I used to love, I've kind of, you know, faded off it the last mm -hmm. couple of years but i mean i used to see all the movies all the big blockbusters all the shows yeah and i knew it you know i knew it was programming you know for sure mm -hmm. but i could look at it as entertainment and you know it's just in the last couple of years i've just been less entertained by it and like yeah I i'm i kind of, i don't think i'm very enjoyable to watch like a uh, fucking marvel movie with because i'm just constant commentary you know what i mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> like and you know fucking, so like, oh, this means off. that and that means this yeah it's you know it's better yes. off but yeah you know it it you know it's good to know that you are being programmed for sure and um we are we have been for a long time i think we have been for hundreds of years and you know they're doing it now and um you know they've been doing it they've been doing it yeah this is that, just that futurama yeah exhibit, you know it's just kind of going through i was i'm it's trying to like pick up on some themes from the cartoon because i guarantee mm -hmm. matt groaning would have definitely thrown back to this for sure and it does it looks like and you think about futurama the cartoon it is like yeah. a 50s cornball future mm -hmm. you know it's it's i don't yeah. know if you're familiar with the game fallout I just just talked about this on the podcast, uh, but, but that game is like a future post-apocalyptic sci-fi game, but it takes place from like a 50s style, you know? Okay, and that's, yeah. that is clearly where this was like kind of just totally. put in our laps and, and <laughs> dropped off into our lives. It wasn't like, unfortunately, like our idea. It was planted. Totally. I mean, look at this. This was the Shell Oil City of Tomorrow model. And it looks exactly like a circuit board. And like, I don't know, have you got into the circuit board city shit at all? I've seen it. I've seen a couple yeah. of doctored images, but then I've seen a, you know, I know what my mother, my motherboard yeah. looks like in my PC. So it's yeah, like, I mean, that's I get pretty it. much. Yeah. But I almost um, see it in a different pattern. I, I kind of see it as like, um, 
like scale and variance almost like mm. with or without these con- quote unquote controllers. I, I, they're just manipulating what's already there. You know what I mean? Totally. I do feel like uh, nature just continuously um, uh, mimics itself and repeats itself over and over again. You know yes. how people always put like images of like the electrical currents in our brain up to like the light signatures of the universe. And it's like, oh, see different levels of reality. They all reflect one another. So, I mean, I'm wondering if like that circuit board thing, it's like, Maybe in a way, and this is going pretty deep, but like it's kind of like almost like a na- like nature's like nature's metaphor almost for yeah. like it's how we are reflecting, uh, you know, our computers are reflecting the the greater scope of our cities and vice no versa. Doubt. Like maybe it was planned that way but maybe there's a, a a bit of natural phenomena in there with the scale and variance because i'm i love that idea that because it really does seem to permeate from level to level to level how it's yeah <laughs> like a russian doll in a way yeah if you want to get real deep into it yeah look at that that's perfect it's a great example it looks like a nuclear facility sure or a bunch of freaking apartment buildings and yeah, futuristic apartment yeah. buildings and stuff. It looks yeah. like Cyberpunk 2077, that new game. Yeah. I mean, this is, I think, I think that, well, the, you know, these ancient cities that we all live on, I think, did function in this way. And like you said, they were just reusing it. Like, mm. this was just them kind of, I think, showing us a little, you know, I think back then, you know, this was in 36. You know, somehow this didn't get wiped, whatever. Maybe they're less careless about showing how like these buildings and everything are connected because that's a big theory with the Tartarian stuff is that the cities were, were self and it was a self-governing energy or, you know, they were these buildings like, you know, the tech on the top were conducting energy and mm. they were sharing it with each other like a circuit board, you know, and there was power stations and, you know, chargers and batteries and all that uh, yeah. shit. But those were the building, like those were actual buildings. Right. They were harnessing it through the building. And that goes back to the whole cathedrals being cathodes with their antenna yep. and all that. And with the old uh, Gothic architecture where this is yep. so starkly different with all 90 degree angles mm. and everything. <sighs> It is interesting yeah, too. I because... think they're trying to maximize. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, that's fine. I think we're that, we're going to do it I the think, whole time. <laughs> yeah. As uh, I think as they were going, they were trying. They're trying to maximize the power they can harness as, mm-hmm. as they've been building out the cities. And they're, you know, these power companies and stuff are, you know, they're just collecting free energy and and you know selling re- it. selling it. You know, you know what yeah. I mean, like they're, you know, and like that's so obvious. You so know, obvious. Like, <laughs> even it's like too water obvious. so it's like know? right right about here and you can't even yeah. you don't even know what's really going yeah. on and it's i've been cool starting about, sorry real quick it's cool about mm. this idea of you know the circuit board having its function and then seeing it on a more massive scale in like a city structure mm-hmm. that was being planned um yeah it's I, i've heard i've kind of heard this before when it comes to the pyramids i mm. had uh, a researcher and author 
named Freddie Silva on, and mm-hmm. he talks a lot about temples and the energy around temples and specifically because of the shapes, uh, geometrical shapes that um, can reflect, I guess, certain frequencies or, or something mm-hmm. like that. I, it's, I'm not going to be able to repeat it verbatim, but along those, those lines, um, it's, it seems like what the, what the way he described it was that they had figured out this scale and variance idea that like nature has a very specific way of doing things. And if we can recreate it on every scale in our lives, then we'll probably live the smoothest and the best lives we can. And so perhaps this more modern take this, if we dare call them like this evil empire, the beginnings of this reset, maybe they figured out like, uh, what is it, like a less natural, more artificial, more man-made uh, way to do, to achieve the same thing, but at the expense of everybody and the expense of, of our lives and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, they've profited They, you know, they've profited off it you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, fucking as much as they possibly can, you know, double, triple, fucking quadruple dipping, you know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You the know, on everything, aspect. you know, totally. Yeah. On everything from water, you know, they're, these pa- water power plants are getting electricity, you know, from the water and the water, you know what I mean? Like, mm. fucking wow. Yeah. Double dipping <laughs> everywhere. And I'm starting to have this theory about how the freeways and highways are, are, um, you know, conducting energy and flow throughout the system too, like through friction and sound, even, you know, like harnessing the sound and turning it into energy, taking the friction, turning it into energy and just spreading it around, you know, like all these city buildings and stuff are all like paid for, you know, free, (laughs) they use the free power, you know what I mean? Yeah. That would make so much sense. They don't pay for water. But they make everyone else pay and they're giving them free shit. Dude, you're blowing my mind, man. (laughs) This the highway idea just totally blew my mind Uh, because they love to mimic shit and they love to tease us with shit. Right. And how long now have we been seeing this idea of this perfect utopia where every movement is going to generate it's like it's a good idea. It's a great idea. And Mm -hmm. they've been prepping for it this whole time. Oh. It's great if it's great if it's free, but it's, it's great not if when, it's in our hands. Yeah, it's <laughs> not what when that you means. Have to, <laughs> exactly. You pay for the house, you pay for the energy, you pay for the water, you pay for the car, you pay for the tires, you pay for the gas, you pay for the oil. Right. It's, it's really all not owned a change. by the same people. Yeah, you know, it's a like, fake paradigm shift. They're 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 dipping in so many times, it's ridiculous. That's why the one percent is like so out of reach, you know. They've been doing this as far as I'm concerned for at least 160 years and they've been really good at doing it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, here we are trying to figure it out. (laughs) Hell yeah, man. Well, dude, this was an awesome little talk. I'm glad we threw this together. Uh, I would love to have you back on for some more. Um, Yeah, dude, this was awesome. Fucking super stoked. I uh, I'm definitely going to be planning uh, every once in a while I do round tables. And so mm-hmm. I want to do one with this topic. I'm just taking my sweet time trying to frame it because there's so many good researchers uh, that 
have their own angles and I'm really trying to, to shape it in a way that we can really highlight all the different, uh, more contradictory ideas so we can suss them out together. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. this whole topic I feel is a, if we can grasp this better and put it together um, with some other key elements, you know, even reaching out to things like uh, electric universe theory and stuff like that. Totally. I mean, eventually it all has to connect. And I think electricity is, is becoming more and more of a main uh, theme in kind of, like finding the missing pieces to our puzzle here, in my opinion. What do you think of that? Yeah, I'm with you hundred percent. These, I think these things all tie in. It mm -hmm. all ties in. And it, I, it, this is awesome. And um, I think we need to take advantage of like this technology and, you know, like they can't right now, they can't stop us from doing this, you know, not yet and no. not yet. And so let's take advantage of it, you know, um yeah get some you know get some people together who normally wouldn't normally aren't in contact together and like have a fucking a group sesh for sure that, i think that those are great ideas big time hell yeah man and all right yeah dude. I, i'll come back anytime dude this is sick absolutely man that's oh, yeah. great to hear awesome all awesome. right well so tell the audience where they can find you if they have any questions for you man um, on Instagram, it's Golden Gate Starfort Command, and we have a YouTube channel, um, Golden Gate Starfort Command, with a handful of videos on there. Just our take. It's just our take. Me and my buddy Nick. It's our take on this whole thing. You know, as we're you know we're trying to figure it out. We've been inspired to make videos. It's been pretty fun. Hell yeah, man! We all yeah. have our pieces of the puzzle to add to this. Totally. So. And I'm stoked. And thanks for having me on and letting me um, give my spiel and uh, say yeah. my word. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you and I, yeah. I appreciate the work you're doing. And I, I definitely will. We'll keep talking as we do, you know, we yeah, keep bouncing crazy ideas off each other and we'll keep doing it, man. Dude, All that's right. That's my dude. favorite thing to do. <laughs> Casey Watson. Have a good night, man. Hell yeah. You too, bro. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Deep Share Podcast. If you want to hear more, then hit that subscribe button. Follow me on all the social places. And remember, think for yourself, but don't always believe what you think. Till next time. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, pacifaria. Enough, I get the point. <laughs> you have meddled with the primal forces of nature. <laughs> and you will atone. What do we know? What do we know? If I know what we know, then I can tell you what we know, and if someone else knows, okay? <laughs> <laughs>